Welcome to Healthcare 360. I'm your host, Scott Burgess. Join me in welcoming my guests as we'll discuss the ins and outs of the healthcare landscape and examine what is really happening inside big healthcare. I'm a huge tech fan and early adopter as far back as I can remember. My wife, Michelle, however, is not. And for years, she has been resistant to technology. And she has actually felt headaches due to a phone that I didn't realize had a high SAR rating. After being more aware of the effects of technology, I stumbled upon a TEDx talk regarding EMF and since have delved into various other sources. Then, I found my guest today, Brianne Gibson, a former Canadian Armed Services Bioscience Officer who felt the same harmful effects of technology and a disconnect from nature. And she did something about it. Brianne now works with founders, leaders, and executives to elevate their health and harmonize with nature so they can unlock their new levels of energy, creativity, potential, and expand their capacity for thriving in regenerative ways of leading and living. Be prepared to learn about grounding, cellular health, and the soil microbiome, as well as so much more. It's all amazing and impactful. Glad you're here to join us in this conversation that I have always, in a sense, avoided, though now it's vital to act on. From all of us at Healthcare 360, we're glad you're here to join us, and thank you for being a part of the Healthcare 360 Nation. Nice. So what do you do on the day-to-day? Walk me through that. What should your typical day look like? Typical day, wake up, do yoga, train, shower, breakfast, then uh, start work. Okay. <laughs> uh, work kind of four, five hours-ish with like break in between and then go for like an hour and a half nature walk, come back, make supper. Is that like yeah. a daily for you, like an everyday thing? Yeah. That's cool. <laughs> and then afterwards, depends on the evening. And then I finish off the evening, though, with uh, meditation before bed. Now, do you like waking up with meditation or just going to bed to meditation? I typically like to move when I wake up. So I find like the still meditation works for me more leading up to bed, part of like kind of the wind down, mm-hmm. whereas in the morning I want to like move the body and breathe. And it's, it's meditative in a way as well, like the practice, but I want to move. Okay. Well, I've gotten used to, I guess, waking up in the morning, doing the morning meditation anywhere 15 minutes to 30 minutes, and then I go into a workout. If I'm going to work out that day, I don't work out every day. And I've actually mm-hmm. changed my workout a lot. I've actually slowed it down quite a bit and, and did more walking nice. and things like that. And mm-hmm. actually, with someone, a good friend of mine told me, he's like, you know, everyone's talking about like inflammation and bad foods and inflammation and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. He goes, well, when you lift, you get inflamed. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, you know something? You're right. <laughs> You're not yeah. wrong at all by any stretch. It, it changed a little bit for me because I'm pregnant right now. So my training has altered and also because it's all at home and I'm not at my my home home gym. So yeah, training has like varied um, over the last few months. Oh, congratulations. When are you expecting? Uh, end August. You're coming up in the last uh, trimester here pretty rapidly. I am. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like a couple more weeks. <laughs> this uh, first or? Yeah, be, it's first. Your first one? Yeah. Very good. I have four. So my old, I know, that's what you mentioned, four daughters, you're like in a household of... Um, <laughs> lots of estrogen, lots of estrogen. <laughs> so for all those who are listening, thank you for joining again. I'm your host, Scott Burgess, and this is Healthcare 360. So let me tell you what this whole conversation kind of came up from. I saw a couple of things on the internet, and I saw an old TEDx talk from 2017, and about EMF radiation, and what has the power of EMF. So that's radio frequencies, Bluetooth technologies, anything that can connect over the air. Everyone knows that I'm a technologist. I love technology, love technology, especially Bluetooth, okay? Because if you don't have to have a nagging wire around, who wouldn't use that, right? As I'm diving into this TEDx talk, my jaw keeps going lower and lower because I cannot believe the staggering statistics that I'm hearing. This is one segment of this conversation, okay? The FDA and the FCC regulations that control the oversight of wireless communication technology, those laws are over 50 years old, minimum, to start with. And I'm sitting there saying, okay, well, big deal. Yet, the rule is that as long as the microwave doesn't burn you, you're okay, or kill tissue, you're okay. The research shows that's far different. 
everyone knows that I ask a lot of atypical questions and we go into atypical conversations that a lot of people probably wouldn't think as on the foremost. I found Brian Gibson. Talked about grounding and different attributes of that and nature and different other areas. Let me get specific into the things that we spoke about. We're looking for the benefits of a nature connection, earthing, and growing different food types. What really caught my eye was the grounding, the earth grounding of releasing that negative charge back into the earth from all the absorption of the different wireless rays that are affecting our bodies. So when I called Brienne and we had that conversation, she lit up. So without further ado, Brienne, thank you for being a part of the Healthcare 360 Nation, all the way from British Columbia. And our pre-talk consisted of her telling me how the weather looked three times to make sure the audio worked good. (laughs) So Brienne, thanks for coming on. Appreciate it. Really looking into this because this is something I think everyone can benefit from. A lot of people probably don't even consider there's an issue going on or no, or just ignore it because it's just so mainstream now about this wireless communication. Before we dive into it, tell us a little bit about yourself. Thanks for having me, Scott. I started my career off in the military. I was 10 years as a bioscience officer, working more in environmental health as an environmental analyst in medical intelligence. And so in that area of work, I was doing a lot of research and analysis on environmental factors, including air, soil, water, infectious diseases, indoor air quality, Mm. anything in our environment, indoors or outdoors, that could potentially pose risk to human health. So that was the start of my career, largely in related to environmental health and then how that influences human health. I love that work, but the actual rhythm of that organization and what I was being called to do was not resonating with the root of who I was. I decided to leave that space and I entered into exploring a lot about permaculture and reconnecting with the earth because I was feeling a void in a high-rise building, working in an office-type setting, really distant and disconnected on a day-to-day, even if I cycled into work and cycled home from work. It was Mm -hmm. just a lot of disconnected from the natural world solely because of the lifestyle of the work. Now, where did you Um, live now when you were going through that experience? In Ontario, Eastern Canada. Okay. I left that and uh, embarked on this worldwide exploration to different communities through Central America, Southeast Asia, Eastern Africa, over about a three, four-year period. What years were that? 2014 to about 2017-ish. Cool. That must have been fun. Yeah, it was fun and it was intense. There was a lot of like inner exploration of the depth of... Like, where are we at as a humanity? And what does this mean for us moving forward? And how do we create human habitats that are working in harmony with nature? Evolve and exist here on this planet for a longer period of time. There's a lot involved in like those different experiences, being in different cultures, living off grid, growing food, you know, on the body, mind, soul levels. So... And then that ultimately, through that time, I mean, there's other things happening in the background, but ultimately, eventually, um, led me to starting my own business and um, offering people the opportunity to reconnect, reharmonize within their own selves, their own living system, as I like to call it, and also the the environment around them and how to expand their capacity. Uh, to respond to challenges with more enhanced clarity and wisdom um, and essentially experience possibilities they didn't know existed just by that reharmonization and the way we see and live and be in our current world. Wow. That's an intro. And I have like 10 questions already written down off that alone. (laughs) (laughs) So I don't want to leave out uh, where you can find Brienne, but you can go to her website, briannegibson.com. Brianne is B-R-E-A-N-N-E, Gibson. That's where I found her. That's where we connected. And it was really easy. She's extremely responsive. So again, thank you for being on the show. That was quite an introduction, really. So my first kind of redirect question, uh, just based on that intro alone. So you jumped into environmental health and how it affects the human health. I know we can talk about that just alone, 
but give us the high level points that you really found for yourself personally, as well as others about what's really going on. Yeah. So a lot of that work was based on like in military deployment settings. Mm -hmm. Um, So in different various countries around the world, what was going on in that environment that could potentially pose risk to those deployed in those areas. But ultimately what came out of it, because there was also stuff on the domestic level as well, it made me that much more aware of everything that's in our environment that influences our health and that we're not separate from that environment. It's not something outside of ourselves. It's actually embedded in our very health, even though there's like a physical, we see ourselves as almost separate because we live in this physical body. What are some examples Um, of those things that are intertwined in our health that we don't even recognize anymore? Air. Indoor air quality is 10 to 5 times more toxic than outdoor air. That's a commonly known one. The life, like living microorganisms that exist in the environment and how that's essential for our internal health. Essentially, our microbiome, our gut microbiome is facing outwards. It's interacting with the environment on a continual basis. So we want to make that the most biodiverse as possible. If we're living in environments that are not allowing that life to thrive, we can be essentially minimizing our resiliency. So we're talking about Um, pavement and cement. Pavements, office buildings, using products, toxic chemical products or cleaning products, beauty care products or products in the environment or directly on the body that are going to minimize. So what what do you clean your house with? Essential oils, vinegar, water. What about hydrogen peroxide? No? I don't commonly use very often, but yeah, it's fine. Yeah. Yeah. I'll ask random questions that pop up because I'm I'm also sitting here as a learner saying, okay, well, I shouldn't use the chlorides anymore because that's really, really harsh. I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm automatically going check, check, check. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Where we are as a humanity, you mentioned that. I thought that was particularly interesting. You obviously have identified that the big disconnect between what we do in our day-to-day, even probably in our homes because of how the air quality is bad and what we're surrounded with in our homes, compressed sheetrock, for example, right? Where do you think we are right now as a humanity as the disconnect is there? I do agree with you. I think there is a disconnect from my wife, Michelle, is always tall and our four daughters, go outside, go have fun, go ride a bike, go outside. But where do you think we are when it comes to that question? We're at a bend, I guess, in a path. You know, when you're walking through like a forest, you see that turn, you don't know what's beyond it, but you just want to keep going because you're curious of like, okay, where is this trail going to take me? Mm -hmm. I see us as a humanity at that bend. It's a pivotal moment right now, especially with everything that's unfolded and largely due to a disconnect, the nature human relationship is what I believe. We've taken as a humanity in terms of you know, the way in which our society, culture, modern day living has evolved, a lot of it is very distant from the natural world. We can see impacts of that on various, in various places, you know, whether from the the lifestyle of household living to work environments, to health, mentally, emotionally, feelings of isolation, disconnect. We could kind of name anything that's kind of in existence in a way if we go back to uh, that, it could be related to this massive disconnect on a large scale from nature herself, because we are part of nature. We exist because of her here on the earth. And so the more we separate and disconnect ourselves from that natural world, we're disconnecting ourselves from our truth, from our, the very existence of who we are. And also, therefore, the, the potential health that we can be living in as a human species. I find that when people, as people get older, they start realizing they break away. And I'm using myself as the personal example here is, yeah, over the last months or so, I've realized that there's things that are missing. And the more I keep chopping away and, and knocking that fakeness of what we believe the world is, and I'm like, we're not going outside as much. We're not doing these different things. Because one of my favorite things to do now is to walk with my wife. I don't know how many times I've repeated that since COVID, but I'm sitting there, I'm like, wow, I really enjoy going out for a walk. I re- it's something I really look forward to, and I enjoy doing it because I have great company at the same time. I have the love of my life right next to me. 
But I agree with you. I think there's a huge disconnect. And I look at my kids and I've said this in front of them. I'll, I'll say it here, but I've actually, I blame myself because I remember, you probably remember this too. Remember when Apple first started marketing and when the iPad first came out, digital books. And here I am thinking, I'm like, holy shit, if you get that whole stack and you can just put it into a digital library and it takes up like a nanometer of space, but it's all still there. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, that's mm-hmm. great. And I remember one of the benefits of having that is AirPlay. You can actually get a book on your iPad. You can actually push it to your TV. And I remember sitting down with my daughters. We would sit down and we would read a book all together on the TV and you can actually mm-hmm. follow along with it. And it was really cool. It was a great experience. But you don't get the same feeling of turning a page. It's kind of like that in a way. And that, that's how mm-hmm. I would kind of express it. Mm-hmm. The walking part in and of itself, CEOs and entrepreneurs in Silicon Valley are catching on and have been of just the, the power of walking. Walking uh, meetings. For, walking meetings, <laughs> right? teams, getting outside, like for the creative flow, for clarity of mind, for getting a new perspective, for increasing emotional resilience, like the benefits of walking alone there's a lot there. Yeah. yeah. So that's awesome. We started off with something I watched on TEDx and I want to talk about this because it's really, really important. Everyone feels the need to have their phone with them. Now, one of my daughters, actually two of my daughters, they will forget their phone because they're present. My other two are like, where's my phone? <laughs> like most adults are, right? I just bought my daughter, which we have since returned. I just bought my daughter those in-ear quote unquote, truly wireless. Mm. Bluetooth 5.0, lower frequency, higher radiation bandwidth. The SAR level was off the chart when I actually went back and looked it up. I can't believe that's something that I created because I was just ignorant or didn't want to accept the fact that something like that could hurt you, right? We talked about all those different things And I actually showed them that video and they were actually visibly upset because they were like, I don't want to lose my Bluetooth stuff. That radiation harm was unbelievable, especially when you're going back to like the old regulations that are at least 50 years old and all the new technology that's being adapted and the lobbyists that are going on and primarily at the World Health Organization as well as DC, grounding, earthing. Mm -hmm. Explain it to us, the audience, as we were kids, why we need it and why it's so important. We get energy from the sun, right? But we also get energy from the earth in the sense of if we're truly connected to the earth, meaning there's nothing in between our bodies and the earth to block that energy from entering into our bodies. So the earth has this extraordinary healing power that nurtures and balances the body at profound levels. There's a lot that shows just the simple act of placing the bare foot or lying on the earth, what you're doing is you're allowing these electrons that the earth has, and they're at like a subtle negative charge. And this comes from the sun and lightning and deep down into like the molten core of the earth that there's these electrons that vibrate at different vibrations, essentially, Mm -hmm. and give our land and the ocean of the earth this negative charge. It's subtle, but it's negative. And why earthing, or or commonly also known as grounding or vitamin G, is so powerful even even more today than back when our ancestors, I mean, if you think about our ancestors, they largely lived on the land. They also slept on the earth, like on a leather hide. They also were barefoot or wore leather soles. They constantly were connected to this energy. Whereas now there's a lot of synthetic souls, like 95% of synthetic souls don't allow this energy, uh, negative charge to come through. High-rise buildings, we sleep elevated, we're not sleeping grounded. So for all these reasons... So you're saying we should have been intended to sleep on the ground itself? Like the actual earth? Well, not necessarily that. There's different products out there now that even you're sleeping on your bed, but you can ground your bed. Really? There's Yeah, so that... You're sleeping on your bed, but there's technology, and that's why we can't, you know, black and white talk technology. Sure. Is that it can ground you. If you think of any like electrical device or appliance in your house, or if we look at cities, it's all grounded, it's earthed, right? It's connected to the earth. And so we, as electrical beings, because we are, you know, our heart, our 
everything in our body is electrical, essentially, that we want to be grounding ourselves because that's what's potent for our health, our resilience. And with the EMF and stream of these really intense now environments of this largely positive charge that's constantly streaming through the body from EMF, Mm -hmm. from, you know, laptop, phone, Bluetooth, microwave, these different exposures on a daily and routine basis for many individuals is that the body is over bombarded with this positive charge and there's no offset to neutralize it. And so if we come back to earthing and grounding on a regular basis, you're essentially providing your body and health an opportunity to neutralize and get reconnected back to the energy source that is going to essentially increase your health, increase your well-being, increase how you feel, sleep better, which is a big one for a lot of people. Yeah, There's a lot that can come out of it, but it really comes down to we want to have that rhythm and balance with the natural frequency of the earth because that's where we're from. And if we disconnect ourselves from that, we're disconnecting ourselves from the core health potential that we can be living in. Well, first, we've got to find out where we get that bed that grounds us. Because <laughs> I'm like, okay, where can we buy it? Please, thank you. Now, let me ask you this. So are there have been elaborate studies? Have there been any kind of scientific evidence? How has this been identified as such? Yeah, when you walk barefoot on the ground, those negative ions are having an impact on your homeostasis, your body. What's out there that people can go read on? There is a lot of research. I don't have a lot of them off the tip of my tongue of like, go here, go there. I would say, research aside, simply go try it. Experience for yourself because it doesn't take much to actually experience the benefits of it, regardless of where your health is right now. There is research out there and just go try it. (laughs) Okay. So we started off, we talked about what your day looks like. You like to get moving right away beginning part of your day towards the end of your day, you like to do silent meditation and kind of calm your body down as you enter into sleep. Throughout the day though, uh, we've obviously text back and forth. What are you doing to protect yourself from EMF radiation? How do you use technology? What are the best practices that you recommend that most people will probably ignore for the most part because Apple says that we're okay. But the most striking thing from that video was that in the fine print, and I've actually went back and I read it, you're not supposed to have the device within one inch of your body. I was like, holy shit. (laughs) I was like, really? And that was back in 2017. And who knows what generation iPhone, I think it was probably like the three or the four at that point, but still. How to use it and then the best practices after that. When I first got my very first smartphone I think it was back in 2010 you know it was the big like like amazingness in technology right yeah, yeah. and I started experiencing quite a bit of pain actually in my forearm of my right hand that predominantly would hold my phone whether for text when I originally would hold it up to have like a phone call I just felt burning like I was just burning now were you and practicing so- meditation and all that beforehand and earthing and everything else Meditation, uh, yes. Earthing was not so prominent at that time. Okay. So I was like, oh my gosh, like I got to figure something out here if this is like the new phone thing instead of the cord phones or the phones just at home, you know? Right. That's really what started it off, this like physical sensation. Skipping forward to like what I do now from your question is over time, I've kind of figured out, okay, how, knowing that a lot of my work, as you said, is we're interacting, we're using technology as we are right now, is how do I do this? So for me, I wear wired stuff as much as possible. Anytime I can use a wire over a a non-wire is what I'll do, whether it's for my headphones, whether it's computers plugged in, whether I can have a Wi-Fi actually plugged into my computer instead of just like wireless in the house. Mm -hmm. The other things is I wear this blanket. It's actually uh, a defender shield. So it kind of, it like deflects the the waves that come towards my body away from my body. Mm. And then I also have another pad underneath my laptop that does the same thing. Instead of like going down through the table to my lap, it actually is like deflecting it 
And this would be essential for people who tend to put their laptop directly on their bodies, mm. especially males, have them on their, their lap that still want to produce sperm quality and sperm count, really protect that area. So that so would go for just any device that has a wireless connection. So it could be an iPad, laptop, phone. Carrying phone in pocket, back even, pocket. Even your headphones, right? If you just put them on your lap, all of it. Yeah. All of it essentially like over time will build up. Yeah. Um, and for those who are highly sensitive to it could have impacts sooner. It varies for each individual. Other things is, is like I never talk to my phone with my, to my head. If I'm having a conversation, it's, it's always by speaker or put on my headphones. From that point forward, I just, just like I need to keep this thing away from me, far distance away from me as much as possible. Mm-hmm. It's on airplane mode almost most of the time, unless I'm actually directly using it, especially if it's like in my purse. It's not very common that I wear it on my body, like in a pocket. If someone is wanting to connect with me, I, I can get back to them. You know, I'm no, I don't live in that mindset of I need to be like, like someone else me. I got to text them right now. Like, yeah, right, right, or right. Or I'll always be available to someone else's agenda. I still want to design my lifestyle to support my well-being and wellness, that's a choice that I've made that people now who know me, they just know, like, you know, they're probably going to get my answering machine or not be able to get a hold of me until I get back to them. That was actually pretty interesting because when I asked you that first question before the, in the precast was like, hey, what do you do for your day to day? You explained it and then you're like, well, you know, I'm working, you know, four to five hours a day. Right there, you set the tone for me because I was like, okay, you put your time accordingly into the buckets that need your attention. That's mm-hmm. it. And I think that's what a lot of people want, but are yet skipping out on. They don't want to have that, oh, I need to get to it. I need to get to it. I need to get to it. It's kind of like, if you think of it this way, that cell phone is almost like a kid. It's constantly like calling for your attention, right? Oh, yeah. And I mean, hence why, you know, a couple of your daughters feel that feeling, you know, for many and adults too, that separation anxiety. Not just like with dogs now, you know, with their their owners, but also like humans with their phones, like not being able to sleep without the phone or just constantly being like an addiction to that dopamine hit when you get a message or you get a whatever it may be for the individual. The other thing too to recognize here is that we are rewiring our body Mm -hmm. because of that response Mm -hmm. and that stimulus. So that is something that's real and that's happening for sure. So I have something I want to come back here and ask you. So on top of EMF and your practices, what you're doing, okay, the other thing that we talked about that I want to bring up here, the benefits of the nature connection. I want to swing back there again, all right? Mm -hmm. And the reason why is someone's disconnected. They feel stressed. They're anxious all the time. They don't want that feeling anymore. Why do you believe so passionately about that nature connection and how it really helps revert back to homeostasis again, which is just balance in the body? Why? So what, what are the, what's the information that kind of redirected you back towards there? Well, for one, I experienced it myself. And I think that in and of itself is just like the power that can happen when you really reconnect to the earth. I grew up on a farm, like 10 acres, lived my childhood outdoors then joined the military. A lot of it was still outside, but very different mental, emotional, physical experience. And then work-wise ended up being more so indoors for the most part. And so part of my personal experience, if we dive into this for a moment, is at the end of my career, like the few last years before I actually left, my body was just telling me in various different ways, heart palpations, not sleeping well, anxiety, my hormones were disrupted. I was just feeling like just off. What, and now knew, how old were you when all this was going on? I was about 25, 20, wow. yeah, 24, 25. And it was just like my body was saying like, Brie, you got to change something here. Like this is not your place. This is not what you're here for in this lifetime. Yeah, yeah. And so to honor that, and then it was just like, I had this massive pull. Like I just wanted to go sleep on the earth, be with the earth, live with the earth. Like it was just like, it. she just pulled me so strongly. And then that's why what I was explaining earlier of this whole like three, four year period of 
exploration, training, learning, discovering, interacting came from. And through that time, the shifts that happened were just incredible. That reconnection, whether it was to earth, to really how food is grown, to community was a huge part, not living in isolation. Not like we are now. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> right? there's like so many different components to it. You know, for me, that's a huge part of it, just from my own personal experience. And then if we also look at the societal ecological crisis that's kind of happening, if we look at the conventional food system and big pharma and all the toxins that are kind of in our environments, for, largely from foods and pesticides, and then big pharma who are in control of all those kind of things, GMOs and pesticides and those that are growing a lot of the food are also growing all the chemicals. There's this disconnect that there's like almost like a war against the natural life. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it shows up. Mm -hmm. It shows up in this virus that's actually present right now. Right. It's like a fight. It's like it's out to get us. And life is never out to get a light. You know, it's like if we feel we're being threatened or we're being killed, there's a misalignment. There is um there's a pharma company that's out there. I'm sure you know about this and I don't get into politics often because people go, if they want to dive into politics, go have fun. I don't yeah. do it. It's a deep, dark <laughs> rabbit hole. You know, I, I could care less. But there is a big farmer out there that actually went out and they bought and they presently own 25% of the overall agricultural land that was out there. And they're connected with the farms and they're doing what they want to do. And they're also connected with the healthcare system and they're the whole tie in there as well and kickbacks and all that stuff. So it's pretty dirty to be honest. I mean, if you really look at it and it really can be really discouraging when you mm -hmm. look at how our food is grown, what's in it, how it's being preserved, you know, quote unquote preserved so we can have a longer shelf life on it. I know what you're going with that for sure. Absolutely. So that's just a simple example, but a, a, like a very prominent one mm -hmm. today of just disconnect and, you know, how it's influencing on various scales, uh, ecologically and human health and health of other living beings as well. It's showing up in, in many different places. I would say it's showing up in most places, this disconnect in some capacity. Yeah. Um, and largely it's this call to, okay, how do we reconnect to what is true? What is real? What is actually healthy and alive? and love and the joy and the fulfillment that comes from this abundance that is available on on this earth yeah. um, instead of you know sterile degraded harsh chemical minimal biodiversity and what we eat the just goes less on. colorful yeah talk about how mm -hmm. food integrates into our being what do you mean mm -hmm. by that like give me a good example of that well food becomes <clears throat> us if we think of anything we bring internally into our body, it's becoming part of our cellular health. Essentially, the food that we eat is what makes us up in some aspects, in a lot of ways, gives us the nutrients and the energy to continue to grow, regenerate, do all the amazingness of this body that we, mm -hmm. we live in. The relationship to food and how we connect to food and how we see food and where it's coming from and the understanding of food and what that means to invest in high quality food and nutrient dense food coming from biodiverse systems is critical. I would imagine that, that the food that where it's not as biodiverse as it could be is also because of overpopulation because the grounds is not regenerating enough where the vitamins and minerals that it needs, right? To grow the food properly. Actually, no, it's okay. more from the point of conventional agriculture and large monocrop farm. I mean, the top crops grown are like corn, soy, canola oil and sugar yep. beet, right? Yep. We've just minimized the, the massive varieties of heirloom varieties, all the different colorful foods, all the different, you know, you go into a grocery store, you typically see maybe depending on the time of year and where you live one to maybe five varieties of tomatoes, but there's like thousands of varieties of tomatoes. Mm. And so the thing about food and nutrient density, it really comes down to soil health. We need to see soil as a living system. And it's actually the life in the soil that gives the plant the nutrients it needs. There's this huge communication system that happens that the roots of a plant, if in a healthy soil ecosystem, will shoot out exudates sugars and carbs for the living microorganisms in the soil 
that tells the living microorganisms what nutrient the plant is asking for. They go get that from the sand, the silt, the clay, the mineral particles existing and give that nutrient back to the plant. And so there's, there's, there's this whole web of life happening in the soil micro wow. microbiome. And so it's actually not like that the soil gets depleted because if it's a healthy soil system, the nutrients are always there. They're always in the sand, the silt, and the clay. It's just that you don't have access to it if the life in the soil is not present, which is what is present on large conventional monocrop farms because the soil has been degraded and it's essentially dirt. It's not soil. It's, it's not living. It's not alive. It's not thriving. And therefore, the plant has to rely on top-heavy fertilizer to actually grow a bit of green so that it can actually be sold. Wow. Um, that whole communication <clears throat> system is not happening at the underneath the ground. We just had a big podcast with Dr. Ken Bach, guy's the foremost leader in what he calls the new childhood epidemic, autism, allergies, ADHD, mm -hmm. et cetera. Okay. In that conversation, he talks about cesarean section, not having the natural bacteria that ignites your human immune system, okay? Mm -hmm. That was one side of it. The other side of it was he specifically spoke about the soil and the ground and the food. There was obviously an absence of the proper nutrients and mineral base mm -hmm. to make those plants thrive as mm -hmm. what you just, you know, I wouldn't say suggest just told us about what's really going on. <laughs> Is there a way to make dirt living soil again? Yeah, that's a great question. I love that you asked it. So essentially, if you go back to the kitchen, a lot of and a huge part of waste that ends up in landfills today is from food. A lot of our food waste, vegetable, fruit, anything that can be composted ends up in landfill, giving off methane gas and, mm. you know, affecting our greenhouse gas climate change to nourish, let's say, a dirt, like a desert. You think of a desert. It's like void of life. It's dirt. It's dry. It's, yeah. There's nothing there. To transform, to regenerate that system. So getting compost is one of the best ways to do that because when you break down food and give that back to the earth, because essentially it came from the earth, we want to replenish the earth with those scraps we don't use. It's a nice circular system. You put that composted, which is a really lush, soily looking mixture back onto dirt, essentially. Mm -hmm. That's one component. And then also getting plants in that so that the roots start to fuel life to exist. So it's not going to cost millions of billions of dollars to do this. It's pretty simple to do with remains, if you will. Yeah. And that's why there's in the regenerative agriculture space, there's just, it's just blowing up right now because we know how to transform ecological health and climate, like the answers, they're there. So it's just now the need for more people to understand, we know, and now it's just a matter of doing it and living in a way that on an individual household level, that influences this new way of regeneration. Because, you know, one common question is like, well, what can I do? Like, I'm not sure. a farmer, I'm not out there graining up the desert, but there's everyday things that you do. And if you do them in a slightly different way, you're going to create massive change because we just add up all these different households. It comes down to the individual level. Right, right, right. So yeah, it's pretty profound. Like I've seen on different projects I've been around the world in Africa, Central America, I mean, changing barren degraded landscapes into like food forest oasis. It's, oh, really? It's just, oh, it's just mind blowing when you give the love and support to a piece of land so nature can work her magic and you're just like there assisting her um, because you understand kind of how our systems work. It's phenomenal. And so if we think about that on like our individual living system, our bodies, if we provide an environment for them to grow and thrive and heal, mm -hmm. it's the same thing we do to landscapes. It's just like, How long did it take? I would imagine it sounds like a lengthy process, but the way you're describing it, because I mean, when you traveled, yeah, we consider that a long time in human years, but realistically in earth years, it's, yeah. it's a nanosecond, right? Mm -hmm. So is it months or is it years to have these plots of land rebound? It would depend on the climate. Climate plays a huge part. So in tropical climates, I did a part of a project in November, and this was off the coast of Tanzania in Africa mm -hmm. in, on the island Zanzibar. Project that started in November 
I returned back there in February to give a workshop and already the growth of the papaya trees and a lot of the fruit trees that we put in had grown so much already because the rain season had come. And in that climate, things can grow really fast. But if we go to a more northern like Canada or Sweden or other uh, northern type climates, it's going to take a longer process simply because the climate, things are going to take a longer time to grow in terms of size. Yeah, But soil regeneration can happen quite quickly. As long as those microorganisms get back in there, like that can happen very quickly. I mean, food forest, tree size, that varies in terms of climate. Let me ask you, this is a really off topic question, but I think about this a lot. <laughs> I really do think about this a lot. Avatar. I remember watching that movie and I think about this a lot even more today. And I remember back the reports of people feeling depressed or anxious or unconnected because after they saw that movie, they were like, man, that this is what it should be. This is what it needs to be. I don't know if you saw the movie or not, but when we saw it a second time with our kids, like, I can actually see what people were talking about. And then when you talked about the multi-directional ecosystem, everything was talking and connecting to each other and there was always a purpose for it. It was very just like... <laughs> Oh, and it just felt real and natural in the way it was supposed to be. Hollywood is only one shade away from the truth, if you ever realize that. Most people know that. So for the, all the conspiracy theorists that are out there, really, it's only one shade away from the truth. Yeah, I can see that. So what's your take? And here's your question. Do you believe or what's your take on that idea or concept around like the Avatar movie with that whole interconnectivity well, and all that? My take on it is that's the truth. This interconnectivity, like, and if we see, it goes back to that disconnect or seeing self as separate. If we, if we continue in that kind of paradigm of thinking and seeing and way in which of living in this world, we're, we're limiting our potential Yeah, and we're limiting our potential for our species to evolve. And so that interconnectivity is actually what's true. Like it's present. And if we can mimic that interconnectivity, in the way in which we communicate as a species and, and, and uh, develop our, our livelihoods and our societies and our cultures, it will be that much more different of a world. The understanding of the symbiotic synergies that are present among all of life, all sentient beings, all living beings, we're just a part of it. We're not this top dog. You Have know. you seen the recent Joe Rogan, Elon Musk 2.0? podcast interview? I have not. So someone asked me today, I don't know if you've seen that clip about the movie clip pandemic that was sent out with one of the doctors that worked with the CDC and they said COVID was pre-planned and all that kind of stuff. So someone reached out over email and they said, hey, have you seen this? And I didn't say yes or no. I just replied back and I said, why? What's it about? Now someone else is, it's like the fourth, <laughs> fifth time someone sent it to me. They're like, what do you think about this, man? Conspiracy. <laughs> and I'm sitting there. I'm like, okay. So I'm not going to give my views on that. Some of it's compelling. I can tell you that much, okay? He says, what, what do you thought? I said, well, what, what do you mean? He came back and he's like, well, I want to know what your position is on it. And I'm like, well, I really don't have one. I replied this. If you watch Rogan, Elon Musk 2.0 on YouTube, listen to the first 20 minutes. It's really in the first 10 minutes. You don't want to clip things, okay? Like my wife said the other day, we were having a discussion about COVID and some of the rules and regs. And all, I, she goes, don't just use a 30-second clip. And I was like, it wasn't. It was a minute. <laughs> Take the clip and expand it by two. That way you get the full dialogue before they move on to the next topic point, right? I think that's fair. Listen to the first 20 minutes of it. They're talking about Neuralink and having embedded chips in your brain, interconnected, and being a part of our symbiote and working harmoniously with our body. And I'm like, ooh. <laughs> so now we're really starting. Now, I, I don't doubt that they haven't figured it out to a certain extent. But man, now we're really starting to jack up a thing, which is completely a 180 from what you're talking about altogether. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm not fully like technology no more. It's the way in which we utilize technology. Right, yeah, for sure. And how we use it and how that technology it relates to the natural world. Yeah, I'm not in the technology space, but the technologies that I've seen and what's present today, I mean, a lot of them are disconnected from actually nature and the way nature 
the, the intelligence of nature. Yeah. Whereas if we can create technologies that are, I feel, comply and kind of relate, support each other, there's huge potential with technology as well. Sure. I mean, massive. I mean, mind-blowingly. If there was a way for someone who would like to reconnect the way you suggested, okay, is there someone where they can go and read up on that would help guide them into their new lifestyle? I would say places to connect with me on, on social, whether that's Facebook or Instagram. I'm pretty active on there, and I share a lot of what I've been sharing here today to just give you a space to dive into and kind of discover or learn more about what I'm up to or if anything resonated with you like, and you want to kind of learn more about that topic, typically posts or what I share on there would, would speak into some of this. Mm-hmm. I started a blog like original, but I'm not active on, I'm not writing blogs anymore. I mean, there is some on my website. Okay. Um, I'm more focused on connecting in a different way. We can talk about articles or things that we can link uh, if there's things outside of like my world that would be helpful for individuals from what we've talked about. For sure. I have a couple last questions for you as we button this up. You obviously a leader and a thought leader in your area. You've just explained that very, very well. What are you reading for books that keep you current and things that, now, of course, there's articles, probably following peer-reviewed stuff, et cetera, et cetera. But what are the things that you go to, whether it be physical book, audio book, you're about to be a mom soon. So your time is going to be really, congratulations. (laughs) Your time is going to be restricted pretty soon. You're going to have to start taking care of, you know, plus one soon. But what are you doing on the education front? Yeah, I love the books that are talking about like regenerative business, Mm -hmm. regenerative design cultures. I'm largely into the regenerative space. So how do we shift paradigms? How do we see, think, grow businesses, live differently in terms of our connection to nature and utilizing that intelligence to embed it into our businesses, how we grow businesses, our lifestyles, our health, working from like the essence of who we are and the essence of, you know, anything in existence has an essence. So like connecting with essences. Is there a title uh, to one of the books that you can point yeah, out for the, that? I love Carol Stanford's books, The Regenerative Entrepreneur, or no, The Resilient Entrepreneur, The Regenerative Business. Those are a couple of her books. There's one on regenerative design cultures, which is really great. There's another one from Oh, and I'm forgetting the author's name right now. We can look it up Again. too. We can put it in the podcast notes. Yeah. And then also on leadership. I love leadership. Things that are talking about high performance, health, creativity, different books on the leadership side as well. I, I love to read up on. And then great podcasts kind of vary. I'm not, I'm not I was, regular. I was, I was just about to say, like what? that's usually my follow-up before we get to the final question, but what podcasts do you listen to that are giving you the same information? What am I and I don't listen to him a ton, but I'm starting to get more in his rhythm is Ben Greenfield. That yeah. guy does a very good job at picking his topic, deep diving, over diving into yeah. for anyone who hasn't listened to his podcast on olive oil, you will know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's great. Yeah, I've listened to a bunch of Ben Greenfield's, uh, Dave Asprey, <clears throat> Rich Roll. I love that. Rich Roll is uh, awesome. He's awesome. Did, did, you, did you see his yeah. interview with Dave Goggins? Oh my gosh. Yeah. It was classic. Classic. <laughs> it was great. Yeah. So those are some of them. Yeah. Bree, real quick. The last question's yours and it's a big one. You ready? Oh. <laughs> sure. No, I'm, I'm only teasing. The final word is yours. What would you like to tell everybody? Or what would you like them to have their lasting impression of you before we go? Yeah, it's a big question. But simply, I would say the more you can honor presence, the more profound I believe your experience will be. And that can show up in really different ways. But the more presence that you can bring to your daily life, no matter what you're doing, no matter what you're focused on to enhance your clarity, wisdom, creativity, connection, joy, and really allowing yourself to feel what needs to be felt and express what needs to be expressed and just reconnect the truth of really what's going on. I believe it's one of the most profound things you can do as an individual. And then that the influence that will have on the people around you, your business, your vision, any, whatever you're Mm. into right now and and really 
focusing your attention on. Yeah. We mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, we'll bring it up again, but you can find Brianne at BrianneGibson.com. That's B-R-E-A-N-N-E Gibson.com. We are now connected on Facebook. We'll make sure that we're connected on Instagram. We will put all those connections directly and those links into the podcast notes so you can reach out to Brianne directly. Wealth of knowledge here. I definitely have more questions. I'm reserving some of them for a 2.0. I, <laughs> I always reserve questions when I want to bring someone back on because it's just so informative. So you made the list. Congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> I have felt this need. Uh, I wouldn't be actively looking for this information for my own personal self if I didn't believe so. I do and have felt disconnected. It's nothing to worry about or be ashamed about. It, it happened because we fell into the trap. But there's answers and there's ways to revert. That's what this conversation is about. Bree, I can't thank you enough. Thank you for being available. Thank you for taking all this time and explaining what you do, who you are, and options for people to get grounded again and find themselves. So I appreciate you. Thank you. Yeah, thank you so much for having me, Scott. It was great. You're welcome. I'm your host, Scott Burgess. This is Healthcare 360. Thank you again for joining us. We appreciate it. Take care. And that is a wrap. You are <laughs> awesome. You lit up when we started diving into the food and the soil. And I'm like, you know something? That's a 2.0. We're going to come back for that because I'm telling you, you were like, all right, boom, and you were on it. <laughs> yeah. And I just see it because, you know, of all the things we did talk about, like that at its core is influencing a lot yeah. of, of these other pieces. I saw something that really just ignited that fire. Mm. And it was that piece of flint. Boom. I was like, cool. Oh, thank you, Scott. Really appreciate it. Yeah, you're welcome. Great work. You're a fabulous host. So I also want to acknowledge you for that. Oh, I appreciate that. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I try to let everyone just kind of be them. And I really do try just to just go. Let's weave and flow and move like yeah. we're supposed to. And I believe Brianne's journey of self-discovery her experience with changing barren lands into food oasis all over the world and creating human habitats that work in harmony with nature is a great discussion to bring to the best and brightest of Healthcare 360. Please connect with Brianne at BrianneGibson.com. There is so much more for you to learn. If you like Healthcare 360 and enjoy the conversation, please share this podcast and give us a review. And if you haven't already done so, please subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or anywhere you enjoy listening. If you want the conversation to continue, you can find us on Instagram at Scott E. Burgess or scotteburgess.com. If you'd like to have a conversation or discuss the topic option on Healthcare 360, please look for the calendar link in the podcast notes below and let's set up a time to talk. I hope this conversation empowers and educates HC360 Nation's best and brightest, and I look forward to building our relationship. Thanks again. This is Scott Burgess. And from all of us with the Healthcare 360 team, stay well, stay safe. And we'll see you next time.